With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. your bi-weekly WNBA podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. Corey, Bailey, and Krista all back together today. I'll start with you, Bailey. How's it going? It's going. I don't like the fact there aren't any games today, but it also gives us a good window to record. So, See, I was I said this whenever we recorded on Thursday as well without you, but like, I kind of like the day off. I liked it there is a day to kind of reset and kind of like if you miss any games, you can go back and rewatch or stuff like that. I actually, it's, I don't like much about the NFL, but I like that they have the week in between games. Cause like you actually get to stabilize a little bit if you want to try to watch everything. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%, but also I miss it. Content. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do. Like the season has been so good so far and I was already eagerly awaiting them coming back anyway. Like, and there's already a lot of storylines going on. Every, I mean, it's just full swing. Yes, sir. Carissa, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. What about you? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's a Monday, but you know, other than that, all good. We we're coming down off the high of the end of last podcast where we were breaking, like news broke right as we were recording, and it was kind of shaking us and, and trying to figure out what was going on. We're we're in a little <laughs> bit more of a a stable place now, so uh, all is good. Um, focus of today's show is basically going to be on the rookies because while Bailey said there are plenty of storylines to me right now, those are the biggest ones, whether it be Ryan Howard or Melissa Smith or Queen Ebo. Like, I, I think that what we're seeing right now is it, it, it didn't Bailey. I saw you put out on Twitter, so I'll start, I'll start with you on this regard. But you were talking about she's the best rookie since when I think you could go even further and obviously this is we're five games in this is the best rookie class since when because it's like she's obviously the standout but this class is really good and as somebody who has watched the last few seasons like this is what i'm expecting when i see rookie classes people come in and make a statement early not necessarily i mean being but fourth in the league in scoring that ryan howard is right now but this class has really taken things to another level yeah, they're as a whole, the class's fingerprints are all over the league right now. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at Fever, who are what two, I think they're two and two, and that doesn't sound like much, but for a Fever team who has been really bad for the last couple of years, well, they're two games two. last year. Like, yeah, they're two and two, and they're fun as hell to watch. Mm-hmm. They are so much fun to watch, and you can really see, I think, for the first time since probably 2017-ish, 
you can really see a future for the players on the court in Indiana. And it's not limited to just the Queen Egg Bows or the Melissa Smith. Like, Danielle Robinson is there. Kelsey Mitchell has help, legitimate help. <laughs> Tiffany Mitchell's been away, but, like, she, you know, is fitting in pretty well. Victoria Vivian's, Vivian's pardon me, looks a little revamped. But it's really brought in by the rookie class they have, they have, you know, brought into the team. And that's awesome, right? We love to see that. But then if you look at some of these other teams, the Washington Mystics, number one in the league, Shakira Austin has been impactful in the minute she's played, especially in the absence of Elizabeth Williams. You look at the dream led by Ryan Howard, but they also have uh, – what's hold on, I'm drawing a blank. Well, while also, you're doing that, let's not, let's not ignore Rui Mashida as well in Washington because yes. she's been quite impactful. Yes. Like, I mean, and, and, and as so far – According to WNBA.com, 24 rookies have recorded minutes. No, actually, it's more than that. It's probably more like 30. That's, that's, I mean, albeit small minutes for some, like, I don't know how many did it last year, but it doesn't seem like it was this many. Carissa, what do, what do you what, what do you think about how we'll get into more of the Atlanta of it all because Bailey was able to go to two games last week, but what, what are your thoughts so far on this, on this rookie class? And I know I, something tells me I know where you're going to start just because it's you. <laughs> um, so the rookie class, I'll answer Bailey's question as far as uh, Ryan Howard, the best rookie since when. I will go back two years and say Crystal Dangerfield when she came out with rookie of the year. But then I'll go back even further because Crystal Dangerfield wasn't expected. She was good at UConn, but it wasn't expected for her to come out and be rookie of the year. Ryan was expected to make an immediate impact. So I'll go back and say she's the best rookie since Candace Parker because she was as well expected to make an impact. I love that. I love that because I know, I know people were getting on Bailey yesterday just for saying, Asia, you're going back even further. So I love that. Yeah, that that's a bold take putting out there on the airwaves, but I'm with it. I I personally think it's I would I would side with Asia, but if you look at the way she goes about it and the way she impacts the game, it is very Candace esque, doing it in multiple areas, not just from a shot creation standpoint or just from one, you know, just from an assisting standpoint. But she does it all. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, she's averaging a block and a half and a steal and a half on top of twenty one points with two and a half assists and almost five boards. like, And she's already a legitimately one of the best shooters in the league. 44% on eight attempts a night? Forget about it. All right, Corey, what have you found? Well, what I fir- the first thing I found was the season started later last year, or it looks like, because I, I put in for the 14th, so right around now, and at that point people had only played one game. Or maybe that's kind of just the point of how, uh, of how little was going on. Give me a second. Because through... Yeah, so through this date last year, right? Yeah. It was, what, that's 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 rookies had logged minutes, but ha- almost half of them were less than five minutes. Yeah. and Not only at- nine had played more than seven minutes per game at this point. And looking at 
what I'm seeing, if you look, if you're using seven as the number, one, two, three, four, five, six, only seven of the, I guess, 30, yeah, 30 that I've played have been below seven minutes. <laughs> like it, it's, it's, say what you want about the class and maybe the opportunities, but you can see a noticeable difference. And the player I was referring to earlier, by the way, is Christy Wallace for Atlanta. Mm. Um, I could not recall her name in that moment. She, she's a little older. I think she's a rookie by injury, not by draft. I believe so. But but also, like, Rebecca Gardner for the Sky is also in that same boat. Amazing. She's, she's 31, but she is – yeah, she's been really good. Shooting splits look decent. She's her energy has been good. Just finding ways to kind of impact the game, and you can see that while she's a W rookie, she's not a basketball rookie. She does a lot of small things, and even even Rui, you know, is a bit older, just came over, but she's been fun to watch. I mean, there's just there's a lot to like. Uh, Millich in Minnesota, another older rookie, but. I think she's been fantastic from what I've seen of her. There, I mean, there's just there's just a lot, and it, it's all across. You know, it's not just the Fever having however many rookies they have at this point. It's like I said, the Mystics have some, the Dream, the Sky. Like you're just seeing it on a lot of different teams. Yeah, and I like that it's not just about like scoring or anything like that, right? Like the the Smith and the Eggbos are they they, they combine for. 18.2 rebounds per game so far. That's absurd. Queen, for her part, is averaging 1.4 steals and 1.8 blocks. She's just such a force on the defensive end of the ball. And I like I was skeptical of the pick at the time, not because I had any issue with her, but honestly, because I wanted Nas Hillman to be drafted earlier. And right now that's looking, I don't want to say silly, because again, it's, it's a week and a half and it's also different situations, but I see the vision. I see why they made the, the pick that they made. And I think that the fit there is just so seamless. I mean, they play together in college, obviously, but she queen looks like she could be a future, like all defensive player right now. I, I saw someone on the timeline say, and this, I, I forget it was a writer. So it's not like just like some random stand account, but I, I think they said that this is looking like someone who could be like the best rim protector in the league at some point. And that's stunning. And I, I don't, I don't think it's hyperbole at this point. I think that, this is everything we would want a draft class to be early on. And as you said, Bailey, like, yeah, obviously in Indiana's players are a little bit inflated because of the extra minutes where not all teams are able to give us that opportunity, but it's not just them. It, it, it's, it's across the board. I'm, I'm very pleased with what we've seen as the early returns so far. Yeah. Queen from game one has just been so much more. And I, Obviously, I don't watch as much college as some people do, but I'm starting to wonder if maybe what we thought based off of college games was due to lack of opportunity there or lack of utilization at the college game because she's looked better on both ends of the ball than I expected. One on the positive end of things, before I – I don't want to box Chris around or anything, but this is something something I really took away from when when I did that call with – the league before the draft and we had, they had on um, Dan Pitover and Mike Tebalt and Noel Quinn and 
Lynn Dunn. And they all said that the one thing that they said that they were looking for whenever, how you, how you can judge who is going to be most WNBA ready. And their big point was having somebody with call, coaching experience with connection to the league. And they all shouted out Nikki Collin and what that meant. And at the time I was just taking that to mean, Oh yeah, that means Melissa Smith is going to be dope. But there's what this is showing you is that it, it rubbed off on Queen too, and I, I probably should have taken more into that because they told me right there all of these executives are saying that this is something if there's someone you can believe in and you're getting that experience from somebody that has the connection to the pro game, it's going to translate. So, uh, uh, Chris, I know that we talked pre-draft about a lot of players, but I don't think Queen was really somebody that you did. You have them uh, have her as a first rounder coming into this into this, or I, I can't remember where you stood on that. I didn't because with Queen, it was never a question about her talent. Like, she's played like this. Like, it's not a surprise to me. The problem was the consistency. Mm-hmm. People people think it's, like, something with Nikki as far as, like, not being utilized or something like that. The problem was we only saw spurts because she was always in foul trouble every game. So it's, like, first two quarters, she'll be great. She'll play just like she's playing now. And then you wouldn't third quarter, she'll pick up four fouls. So she can't impact the game. So that was always the problem was really discipline. And and it seems at least to start the season, she has that under control more, which goes a long way and kind of really unlocking everything that she's capable of. Right. But all right. Well, Bailey, I, not to interrupt you well, but, but uh, I want to get your perspective on Atlantis. I, I wanted to get it last week, and then you went to another game since. So I kind of want to, for those who are not checking out the, the Atlanta Dream games. You got to do it. Well, yes, but kind of clue them in on to what, what exactly is going on there, right? Because it, it's very easy to just look at Ryan's numbers, and Ryan has been phenomenal, and I'll let you talk on that too, but something's going, something is different in Atlanta. And we talked, Chris and I talked about it a little bit last week, but I want your perspective because you've been in the building. Yeah, there's, there's a complete culture shift happening in Atlanta right now from top to bottom. Obviously, we look at the new the new ownership group and the new front office, but the impact of everything is really on display. They're three and one right now. And I would be willing to state even this early that they already have one of the best home court advantages in the league. The arena is a lot smaller than most W teams, but it's intimate. It's personal and it's packed every night. The DJ DJ, I want to say it's Chalet. Chalet, I think is how you pronounce it, is always keeping the crowd jumping. She pulls stuff from old Atlanta hits that you haven't heard in years, but you never forget. She had us singing Candy Rain in there the other night. Like, it's it's crazy. And then, like, and another cool thing that I like to see is that they've really tied in um, Ryan and her sorority, you see a lot of blue there, a lot of blue there, and people repping the sorority, and I love that. And then on the court, the product has been good. I mean, you look at Erica Wheeler, she's one of the most exciting players, but Aaron McDonald in the backup role has been strong. Cheyenne Parker's back after giving birth, and I honestly don't understand how she's playing this well after five months, but she's been phenomenal. And then you still have Energizer Bronny, Monique Billings, Nia Coffey's there. Like, they may not be a title contender, but they have some of the best vibes 
in the league, both on the court and in the arena and off the court. It's it's been spectacular so far, and I've I've had a blast at the games. And it's not just limited to me. You can ask Caitlin. You can ask some of my other friends that came with me. Like it's 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 been a ball. I mean, I really can't emphasize or put enough emphasis on the what they've built. Renee sits courtside every game, and she's out there dancing and swag surfing. And like it's really cool because. She's hands-on. Ty Young shows up sometimes, the first pick in dream history. Like, they just have really turned what was such a negative look last year and just flipped it on his head. Well, let's be real. It's been negative for a while, right? Like, I mean, it goes back to the Kelly Loeffler days and stuff like that. But last year was, like, the peak, the head of it all. Yeah. And they've really just – done a complete 180 it's it's been incredible to see and again i i don't i don't know how long this three and one you know number one or two in the league will stand but if they did a ranking based on vibes and in arena media and djs they would be there my real question is is how close are they once necker retires how close are they to pulling you in and making you an actual dream fan well, it depends on where these expansion teams go to. Fair, fair. Because like I said, if they bring back the Comets, I already know where I'm going. But Yeah, well, that's fair. I don't know. But, but, just... but I, I will say, I will say, like, when, when they're not playing the Sparks, I'm in there rooting for the dream. Which is... I mean, other than the Braves, it's odd for you. You're not exactly somebody who roots for your hometown. No, but, like, uh, I, it's funny. This guy, I don't know who he is. I guess he works in promotions or tickets or something. But he uh, he saw me on both games, and he was like, you don't – you don't, you're, why are you here if you're not wearing any dream gear? And I was like, man, look, I hadn't want no dream gear until this year. He's like, but I'm going to get some now. I got this voucher. and uh He's like, cool, we got him out. I was like, all right, cool. So I went over there and I used my little voucher. I got my Ryan jersey. And he was like, all right, so you got to put it on now, right? And I was like, it's fresh off the hanger, man. I can't do that right now. But I said, I said, when I come to the rest of them, I'll wear this one as long as it's not the Sparks in town. He was like, I'm going to keep you to that. And I was like, all right, cool. So, so yeah, I mean, they, they, they've really kind of won me over. Um, more so than I expected them to because I had plans on going and rooting for the other team, but 70, 80% of the time. But now it's only so. Sparks time. So that's cool. I like that. And I got to ask, was the red the only jersey they had available or is that the one you – I know you like the white jersey and, and that's a that common – That was the only one that – that was the only one they had in arena. Okay, because I really want the the – the black one with the ATL and I think that I think the colors there are just fantastic so I, I that if I if and when I end up getting a Ryan jersey I think that's the one I would end up getting but yeah but yeah other than that I think that was there anything else that either of you wanted to touch on coming into this this week ahead uh I wanted to ask y'all's opinion on a few things sure which non-rookie player has surprised you the most so far Chris, why don't you go first? 
I let's see. I would say, man, I'm trying to pick somebody that's not on the sky. <laughs> I have a few if you need a moment. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I would say I think it's kind of surprising as, as big as I am on the big guard. I can't believe that Derek Hamby is currently leading the league in rebounds. I, I, again, I, I'm very high on her, but 11.8 rebounds per game is kind of absurd. I, I know that that's, again, I think that that number will come down over time, but that's crazy production. I think um, Kelsey Mitchell has looked much more comfortable. I know that uh, that was somebody we talked about a lot, Bailey, preseason and offseason, because we're like, how is this going to fit? Is she going to want to be on a team, even though she's not exactly old, but yeah. on a team that's essentially restarting? And like you said earlier, she just looks so much more comfortable. She has help, and she's a force right now. So I, I, I may be surprised is not the right word for that, but I think definitely happy to see what we're seeing. And through three games for, for her so far, I think. I don't think – I'm not going to say Elena Deladon looks like her old self, but definitely better than last year, so – Pleasantly surprised by that as well. All right. I'll it. say uh, Jordan Canada. Good, good That's job. a good pick. That's a great yeah. pick. And it wasn't that I was – I was just so impressed with her at UCLA. And then, of course, there's, like, some adjustments that, you know, on a learning curve when you come into the W, which is the best league. But the last few years, she has just disappointed me. And, and this year, she took it personal. Okay. Okay. I like all of those choices there. What, what are I yours? Have two. Yeah. I have two. The first one is, and I remember going back a little ways, we spoke about this player in the offseason when their team was posting their overseas numbers and was like, how much stock do we really put into this? And the answer to that question is we didn't put enough into it. We... And I remember Akil led the front on this, but like we kind of downplayed the overseas numbers for this player. And so far they've been showing that the development is real. And that's Jessica Shepard. She's been phenomenal. Like she almost had a triple double the other night. She's averaging 10 points, nine rebounds and five assists at six foot four. And while her percentages don't necessarily look that great from deep, like she's a respectable enough shooter to help space the floor. I think she's been phenomenal. And I think that's one of those things where you're seeing the work show in the W, which you don't always necessarily see that quickly. And then the other player that stuck out to me is Jackie Young. Her efficiency has been up. She's still one of the, I would say one of the better guard defenders and she's upped her assist numbers. She's hitting the three ball really well and looking more and more like the number one pick that made me scratch my head at the time. But she's looking more like what you want to see from that. So those are my two surprise players. Also, shouts to Ty Harris for, uh, you know, double-digit assists for a Dallas wing player, as we all know, is not exactly – easy to accomplish so shouts to her for getting them off that four-year schneid all right now my my reverse question is are there any players who have disappointed you so far this season or maybe been a letdown non-rookies um i don't i don't know if i'd say 
I expected growing pains, and I think tomorrow will be better. But John Quell does not quite look like John Quell yet to me. And maybe I'm grading on too steep of a curve because she was the MVP last year. And Alyssa Thomas has actually looked really good so far, at least in terms of individual production. Um, but yeah, I, I I expected the early season to be more of it being John Quell's team, and it has not been that so far. But Courtney Williams and Dewana Bonner are back tomorrow. I don't necessarily know that that means that the ball will be more squarely placed in John Quell's hands, but I think we're going to get a little bit more of a definitive idea of what this team is over the coming weeks. And and just in that vein, I would say that this is one of my gripes with uh, assessing the first week or two of the season. It's impossible whenever you see all these players are coming back now, because as much as I want to dog Minnesota for what they've been so far, they're not, and, and it's obviously different now that they've waived so many players, but they're not the team they're going to be. You know what I mean? Or ideally, I mean, you would think that if this is supposed to be what you're building, building around still for their, fi- for her final season, I mean, Mariah Jefferson's walking through that door. If that's what we're doing, I don't know what we're doing here. That's 100% from deep Mariah Jefferson, mind you. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. But, uh, Krista, who, who's disappointed you so far? Oh, my girl, Gabby Williams. Huh. <laughs> but I think – I really think she's tired. Like, she she gives 110% on every play and it's just like for her to do that while being the league's the early I believe MVP and then just coming straight to Seattle it's like she hasn't done what I know she can do but we'll get there yeah yeah she'll figure it out she'll get her fee settled for me and I'm glad Akil is not here because he wouldn't like this but it's been aerial powers for me mm. I, re- I really expected her to start a lot better and it has not been great she's not shooting the ball well been a little out of control at times it's just been not at all what I think the links have wanted her to be or needed her to be so far hope she'll figure it out of course but so far it's been a bit of a letdown for me I I should have shouted somebody else out as a as a Positive surprise. I know that it was two games, and now going back to the bench may limit that. But shouts to Dana Evans. There, we have a couple mm-hmm. things on the website uh, about her production from a couple of our other writers, uh, Nick and Christian. But I just want you know what what she did over those first, first couple of games is just so promising for what we're going to see from the, throughout the season. Hopefully, she continues to get an increased chance. And Chris, I know you had to love what you saw from her. Yeah, I just didn't want to name someone on this. No, I feel you. I feel you. I, I'm. It was one of those things that Bailey put us on the spot of asking it, and I was like, as soon as I answered the question, I was like, "There's the easy answer right there. It's right there." So. Yeah, she's been great. The only thing is, she might get a few more minutes because um, Allie Quigley didn't look great, but she that was her first game after rehabbing, so she might get a few more minutes until Allie feels comfortable. Yeah. No that that'll be interesting to watch. Something. To, I mean we're fans of Dana Evans here, not just because you're a Sky fan, because she's one of our first guests. So always rooting for Dana Evans, but yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot more over the next week or so. Like I know we've had fun. The season's been a ton of fun so far, but obviously with people coming back, we're going to finally start to learn things. I know, was it, who, who who did Satu play for Bailey? Because I know their season just ended yesterday. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. So, 
they finished up yesterday, so that means we'll be getting back Satu Sabli, we'll be getting back Elizabeth Williams. Uh, like I said earlier, the, the Sun notified us earlier today that, well, obviously we knew that Courtney was coming back off suspension, but also that the one of honor would be made available tomorrow as well. So getting a full look at that team as well. So I, I think that now we're finally going to get to see some of it, it, the first week is a ton of fun. But when you're looking at it, whether it be with COVID and, and missing Stewie and Natasha Cloud and, and stuff like that, I, I just want to see full teams. So I'm excited right. for, for the coming weeks and actually getting to fully digest what we're going to look at for the rest of the season. And shout out to Satsu for winning MVP over there. The Lynx also announced that they would be activating Kayla McBride or did activate Kayla McBride. Yeah. So, you know, that, that last, I think it's the last wave of players will be helpful. Yeah, we're, we're getting closer. We're getting closer, which is definitely good to see. I, I, I'm, I just want the league to be full, man. I, I want to I see the best games possible. I want to see the best players possible. Um, so, yeah, it should be a fun week ahead. We'll be back later in the week to kind of, if there's any nonsense or storylines or anything like that, which there probably will be. It's the W. We'll catch up on that, and we will catch you later in the week on Rebel Edition.